Hi, I'm Crystal Keating, and welcome to the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast, where we're demystifying disability and empowering you to embrace people who are so often isolated in your community. We've got a brand new episode every week, so subscribe on your favorite podcast app and don't miss a thing. My guest today is a dear friend, someone I talk to almost every day, and a voice that will be familiar to you if you've been listening to the podcast lately. Tracy Matoda is here to help us think through what it means to have a mutual friendship with someone who has a disability. I think a lot of churches have, to their credit, begun serving people with disabilities. But there's a difference between ministering to people with disabilities and doing life with people with disabilities. Friendship is a two-way street and something we all need. So stay tuned. Our conversation about mutual friendship begins right now. I am so happy to be here talking with my good, good friend, Tracy Matoda, who's also my coworker here at Johnny and Friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this. It's going to be lots of fun. Lots of fun. That's us. (laughs) And I would say it's great to see you again, but... We were just working downstairs together. Mm-hmm. We were chatting, mostly yep. working, but chatting yeah. and then eating. <laughs> and here we are today again in the studio talking about mutual friendships. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had such a wonderful friendship. I just feel like God completely blessed me when you, when He brought me into um, your life and you mm-hmm. here at Johnny and Friends. You and I have worked together for about a year and a half, but we actually— met before that was it 2016 I think it was 2016 I I wrote in on Johnny and Ken's Facebook that's uh, anniversary post that's right it was their anniversary and I was helping Johnny answer some of her Facebook messages and you had written I think you were wishing them um, happy anniversary and saying Mm -hmm. how much you appreciated her story And being the snoop I am, I was looking at your (laughs) Facebook pictures, and I noticed that um, you and your husband have a lot of resemblance to Johnny and Ken in some way because your husband, Mike, is Japanese-American. Yep, and I use a wheelchair. And you use a wheelchair, and you have a big old smile (laughs) and glasses. And So have you guys actually been mistaken for Johnny and Ken? So many times. (laughs) amazing right and that is so it's actually funny. how I first learned about Johnny was shortly after Mikey and I got married someone mentioned to me that we look like Johnny and Ken a younger version of Johnny and Ken and I thought who's Johnny and Ken so I did a little really? research and that's when I read her first book so that was 11 years ago almost that that happened and and it continues to happen in grocery stores and restaurants in fact not that long ago my husband and I were eating dinner and someone pulled up a third chair at our table and said are you Johnny and I said oh I'm not gosh. Johnny actually and she looked at my husband and she said but you're Ken and he's like I'm not Ken and so I got the opportunity to say actually I, I work for Johnny and friends let me tell you a little bit more about what oh. we do um, so it's opened That's up awesome. a few amazing doors and my husband always leaves the table saying 
do I look like I'm 70? And I was like, no, <laughs> honey, you don't. But I think that uh, people just get real excited hoping I am, in fact, Johnny because oh everyone wants to meet her. <laughs> well, you're no second best, girlfriend. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you've got just such a wonderful story. I know your diagnosis is different than Johnny's. Can you talk a little bit about SMA? Yeah, SMA stands for spinal muscular atrophy, and it's a neuromuscular condition, and basically means um, I have very weak muscles. Um, my muscles atrophy over time, and so. Um, I haven't walked since I was five. I haven't stood since just a few years after that. And um, I can barely lift my arms, um, but I have good use of my hands. And my mom will be the first to tell you that nothing is wrong with my tongue muscle because I can talk a lot. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of things I can't do, but God's picked up the, the pieces and um, given me a lot mm. of abilities that have blessed me and given me opportunities beyond what I would have ever imagined. Mm. That's amazing. Well, I have to say that I'm really thankful that you have the gift of gab because I love everything you say. I feel like from the minute that we see each other in chapel in the morning, we're chatting, and then through the day, we're working together. And then uh, we have such a friendship that even in the evenings, we'll often text about things mm -hmm. that are going on or maybe a show <laughs> we're watching or a book we're reading. So um, I am just so thankful for that. And even just here at work, your hands work pretty darn good, too. <laughs> you, um, you help us answer Johnny's mail, mm -hmm. and you've really connected with people um, who have disabilities that are thriving and those who need a lot of encouragement. Yeah, I think so. it's a blessing to be able to be um, a voice in the disability community, um, and not just in the disability community, but with a biblical perspective of mm -hmm. how God is using uh, weakness to glorify Him and mm -hmm. how we can um, move beyond our barriers and and thrive, even with significant disabilities. Absolutely. And I know that's Johnny's heart, and that is, that is the heart of Johnny and Friends, to glorify the Lord in all we're doing and point people back to Him, point people back to churches that welcome and embrace people with disabilities. And um, I have to say that our friendship pretty much started instantly. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to any of the podcasts before with Tracy, she was on with Scott Bankhead. We were talking about how I had my emoji moment. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, when I met you, I think I must have had a flash of seeing your pictures on Facebook with you and your husband and your beautiful wedding pictures. But when I met you and you were volunteering here, and I saw your resume, I think that's when I had like a huge aha moment. Oh my goodness, we have the same bachelor's degree. Yeah. We both study child and family studies. Kind of a unique degree, in fact. It is. Yeah. And you have, we share a lot of um, experience as far as we've both done case management. Mm -hmm. We've worked with agencies that help families who are um, either losing their kids to the system or gaining them back, doing right. wraparound. Yeah. Um, we've had some really interesting similar experiences. So, yeah. And we both were teenagers in the 90s. So <laughs> we can talk pop culture 90s this all day long. True. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so funny. Well, I know our friendship just made me feel so much comfort and strength knowing that I had a friend who we saw life pretty similarly. Mm -hmm. We had similar experiences. And your disability was never anything that 
was a hindrance to our friendship, in my opinion. Do you think it was? Absolutely not. I don't think so. You were not ever intimidated by my wheelchair or, or afraid to ask questions or even afraid to just jump in there and help when I needed it. So I don't think my disability distracted from our friendship at all. In fact, mm. I think it enhanced it or totally. even gave it a jumping off point. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I love C.S. Lewis. He's, he's a bit heady for me, but I think he has <laughs> a great quote, and it's a little long, so, but I think it's a good one. He said, Friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which, till that moment, each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. It is when two such persons discover one another, when, whether with immense difficulties and semi-articulate fumblings, or with what would seem to us amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision. It is then that friendship is born, and instantly they stand together in an immense solitude. That's beautiful. I love that quote. And that's definitely the sense I had with you working in the response department and really feeling the weight of um, what people share with us to know that you were going to come to our team and you were going to bear that with me mm-hmm. meant so much. And mm-hmm. to even know that you find so much strength in your relationship to God, mm-hmm. um, that, that did something to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, I feel like the same way. I feel like you've helped me grow in my walk with the Lord immensely. Like, it's great to be able to be reading the Bible and then go to you with a verse and be like, let's talk about this one or, yeah. or you know, different scenarios where you've had a lot of deep conversations. It's It's not just about having fun. But we do do that a lot, too. We do. We have fun. <laughs> Not only are you a fun friend to bounce um, humor off of or jokes or, or watch TV shows with, but um, one of the biggest blessings you've been here at work, other than a great boss, is that you have been comfortable helping me with some daily tasks mm. that I think a lot of people uh, may be afraid to jump in and do for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like even something as simple as helping me um, heat up my lunch or put on a jacket if I'm cold or um, if I'm uncomfortable, you've helped me reposition in my wheelchair. Right. And I think in the past, um, people have just been, I think a lot of people are afraid I'm fragile. Mm. That getting in there and, and shoving me around in my wheelchair because <laughs> I'm not comfortable is going to be dangerous. But I'm here to kind of direct my own care and and being able to verbalize what I need and to have you be my hands has made working easier. Um, Of course, it's a blessing to be here and to um, share hope and encouragement with people with disabilities, but there's a logistical side of being disabled and working that sometimes is a barrier. But knowing that you are there and um, able and willing to learn, even if it's nothing you've done for me before, it's hugely helpful. And I think it's also um, comforting for my husband. Knowing that when he drops me off at 7.30 every morning, that there's going to be people in the building that care for me and are able to meet some of my needs. That's so true. I didn't think about that. And I have to comment on this, that you are really good at, um, you said, directing your care. I would say you're really good at knowing what you need and asking in such a sweet and kind way. And you are so grateful. And I think that goes a long way. 
for anybody who has needs um, to partner with the other person. And that just reminds me of Johnny, who makes it a goal of hers to um, have those who are caring for her, for it to be mutual. She's not just receiving, but she's definitely um, asking them how they are, praying for them. And I, I just on a small level, just here at work, you totally bless me with all that you say and do as we're working together. So, and I didn't think about Mikey. I'm glad I can give him peace of mind. That's for sure. Well, and, you know, our friendship did start here, but it quickly grew, mm-hmm. and um, I'm kind of, I am kind of became a fixture with you and Mikey, the, the <laughs> beloved third wheel. No, never. Always welcomed. <laughs> well, and we've had some fun um, just seasonal things. Mm-hmm. Um, last Christmas, we went to the Christmas concert, yeah. and then um, you asked me to wrap Christmas presents for your husband, which yeah. was so fun. I love doing that. So I love fun. wrapping presents. Yeah, you did it again this year, too. Oh, yeah. Two years in a row you've wrapped Christmas gifts for me, which is a huge blessing. That's true. That would be silly to ask him to wrap his own gifts. Close your eyes and wrap that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank God for Amazon, who delivered the packages. That's right. right. All I had to do was wrap them. <laughs> and then this year, you guys drove me around in your van, and you let me look at Christmas lights. <laughs> I was like the, the passenger, and you guys were the That's chauffeur. Right. Mikey was chauffeuring us around while we looked at the pretty lights. Totally. And I think, you know, one of the things that is a crossover between, you know, helping hand and just spending time with your friend was I've been receiving a medical treatment, which requires me to lay flat for 24 hours. And I don't lay flat very well. I want to be up and doing things (laughs) and active. And so I was quite bored. And it just so happened that you were able to spend the whole day with me after one of those procedures. And you sat in the recliner, I laid on the couch, and we just chatted and TV watched and you name it. It was a really um, special day for me because it uh, was a day filled with somewhat anxiety because it mm-hmm. was the first procedure I had, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how everything was going to go. And so mm-hmm. just knowing that I had um, you know, my husband as well as my dear friend to spend the time with was huge mm-hmm. to me. It was such a blessing, and I thank you so much for that. Totally. Well, and, you know, I always think, Guy, what are we going to talk about for, like, eight hours? And then we do, and it's <laughs> we like, where the time go? <laughs> but, yeah, that that is a blessing that um, that I can be part of your life in that way mm-hmm. and be available. And I just think that is um, such a testimony of God's goodness in our lives to Absolutely. cross our paths at the time that he has, especially as you're doing this medical treatment. That mm-hmm. is, um, it's a serious thing. Yeah. And um, to know that we've got your back in prayer Mm -hmm. and um, just in help is, I know, a blessing for us, too, who want to use our spiritual gifts and the things that we love doing to help you especially. Absolutely. But, you know, you and I have talked about and grieved over the many people with disabilities who don't have that same level of support. And we are very aware that maybe even the majority of people with disabilities are isolated, Mm -hmm. they're lonely, um, they don't have the kinds of friendships that they long for. Um, Even maybe many of them feel like if if marriage were an option, it'd be very difficult. I mean, we hear from so many different people with different scenarios, and they don't have that community. Um, Did you ever go through a time in your own life 
where you felt like, wow, I don't have that support. And in fact, all the interactions that I do have are maybe with like paid support or service providers. Did you ever go through that? I've been very lucky and blessed that I I have never been solely reliant on uh, paid care providers. Mm. I have had paid care providers mm-hmm. and some of them were dear friends and that mm. was a that was a great time to mm. to be able to call them my friend and my caregiver. And then there's some that were not so great. And during those times it was scary mm. to realize the person I was depending on 24 hours a day was not reliable mm. and maybe not safe. And so that exemplified the reason why everyone needs a friend. Everyone needs a community because when I, when I didn't feel safe, I called upon my friends and they came in the middle of the night. And wow. I think that this type of conversation is even more important because every single person with a disability or not needs to have someone that they can call in the middle of the night yeah. if they're scared or, or hurting. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just hope that everyone would have a crystal friend like <laughs> you or the friends I had in college that are still dear friends that I could, that I could rely upon. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, something that a lot of people with the ability to get up and get going themselves take for granted, that if mm. there's a safety concern, they need to have someone have their back. Absolutely. You know, I think in society, there is paid caregivers. There's people that that's all they interact with is the people that are paid to meet their needs. And then there's people who live in care homes who, mm-hmm. for their safety or for their uh, specific needs, that's how society has come around them. Mm-hmm. And and that probably made sense in right. the beginning, and and it's a safety concern. But I think also that those places can limit authentic friendship opportunities, like a group home or something. Yeah, absolutely, like, that. like a group home. I think it's kind of complicated to yeah befriend someone who lives in a group home because you might have regulations on visiting hours or hmm. or who can visit or can you take them outside of the home to do mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. it's a different. Um, different reality for people that live in those scenarios. Mm. Yeah, it's really difficult without the support of the church and maybe a family. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that for me, in in my experience, I've been the paid service provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I worked at Johnny and Friends, I used to work for an agency as an adult day program instructor, and I help adults with disabilities. And... Um, the idea of what we were doing was to pick them up in the morning and take adults with disabilities into the community. And um, we would go shopping and we would do like money skills. We would go to school and um, do very basic exercises. We would go bowling. That was really fun. Um, Exercise classes, movies. And we, we became like friends. I mean, it was five days a week from like eight to three. And um, interestingly enough, the people with disabilities by the agency were called consumers, which just bugged Mm. me. I thought, um, that's just real talk. It did bug me (laughs) because I thought, are they just consuming? Is that all they can do? I don't think so. I mean, I had two women. They're both in their 20s. They had distinct personalities and... um, One of them loved High School Musical 3. That's all she wanted to play in the car and Taylor Swift. And the other one was very quiet. She lived in a group home and she would smile every once in a while. The other one was extremely expressive. She had a wonderful family. 
And so um, I became essentially friends with both of them, but there were limits to what I could and couldn't do just because I worked for an agency. Um, And as a Christian, I think my heart was always, I want to communicate the love of Christ as I work with them. But, you know, even going back to their their title of consumers, it was like, I think that this is more than just consuming um, a service. They have the ability to even bring joy to me and to build a relationship with the family. One of the um, gals that I worked with, her mom owned a pizza joint, and she was always inviting me over, come for pizza and come for soda. And, nice. And, but the other who was in a group home, um, I just wasn't able to, to make that same connection. Mm-hmm. And I, my heart goes out to them. I think that's really hard for the church. I think that's a powerful story because the young lady's family— was able to invite you into their circle totally, and foster that friendship on a deeper level. Right. And I think that is exemplary of like my friend whose daughter, she's a teenager, can't believe she's a teenager. Mm-hmm. She has significant developmental disabilities mm-hmm. and they live in a small town. So her daughter goes to school with the same kids she goes to church with. Mm-hmm. She goes to 4-H with them. And mm-hmm. I think that cyclical, like they see each other at school, they see each other at church, they see each other outside of those, has really allowed her to form bonds. Totally. And given her opportunities for authentic friendships that may have not been there had she not had a family that got her out there in the community and got her right. involved and um, with kids that weren't then comfortable with her. Mm-hmm. And I think... I was reading um, in the Johnny and Friends Journal, our coworker Jeff McNair has this great quote, and I know we've already read some quotes, but I just think this is wonderful, and I hope it touches someone um, to inspire the, a friendship. It says, Indeed, the church community becomes the sort of place in which a divisive focus on difference gives way to the nurturing and expression of capacities. Hmm. In biblical fellowship, differences are absorbed, through being celebrated. And I think mm. that's beautiful. If we can celebrate what each person has to offer, yeah. um, depending on if it's that young woman who liked High School Musical 3 and Taylor Swift or <laughs> the other girl that maybe you had to work a little bit harder to get to know her. Mm-hmm. I think that if we can celebrate those and grasp onto those differences, they won't cause problems. They'll just be opportunities. Totally. And, you know, your friend's daughter makes me think of the larger picture of community mm-hmm. and the 4-H clubs and the the school and the things that people have in common, how much greater is it when we have the church and we have the Lord in common right. and we're called to be laying down our lives for one another? How does that look in the day-to-day workings of those who are largely isolated? And um, I was I was reading the the journal too, and um, I loved what Jeff McNair said in a different article. He was talking about cultural change, and he said that's probably the most significant way that unchosen relationships, when he's talking about people who only have paid supporters in their Mm -hmm. relationships, can be addressed. What he was saying is that it means broadening what's considered regular and customary when it comes to relationships. And um, seeking a kind of change 
with the relationships that are chosen, where we're actually reaching out and finding people who are lonely and isolated and in difficult situations. And he just brought up that powerful verse in Romans 12 too. It talks about renewing your mind. We have to think differently. We have to desire differently because of what Christ has done in our lives. And he said, when embraced, this understanding leads to a cultural change in which people with disabilities are seen as created in the image of God, having a purpose, being gifted, and falling under the scope of God's sovereign plan for themselves and for the larger body of Christ. That's awesome. I think, why wouldn't we want to get to know people and spread our awareness of different giftings? Right. Like, I mean, if we stay tight in our little circles, we could get a little bored. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well like spread our circles and, and invite others in and, and find out different relationships, the gifts and the joys that come with those. Absolutely. Well, and I think when we have the Holy Spirit, there's something, I, I think there's something about who Christ is in us that is urging us to go forward, to press through our fears, press mm-hmm. past our uncomfortability, to build relationships and to reach out. Because there are situations where a person's disability may keep them from having the kind of relationship that they would like. I think that's so true. I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about possibly able-bodied people or people without disabilities branching out and seeking friendships with people with disabilities. But I think it's important to recognize that people with disabilities themselves have fears about friendships. Hmm. There was a poll on a Facebook group I belong to that that group is for people uh, with my distinct diagnosis, and that's typically hmm. just an orthopedic diagnosis. No developmental disabilities are typically involved. And 60% of the people that answered that poll said that they felt their physical disability hindered their ability to get into friendships. Wow. So I think some of the things that were mentioned were fears about being able to be included in what people their age wanted to do. Hmm. So I think that thinking outside the box Mm. understanding that on both sides there might be some discomfort or uncertainty. Mm. I think it's important to know that I don't want to be served by my friends. Yeah. I want to be engaged with my friends. That's I want good. to be involved. I want to I know that you have to do things for me that you might not do for a friend who's up walking on their feet. Mm. But I don't want it to be about that. I don't yeah. I, I want it to be about the things we enjoy, the things that we share common interests in. I think that right. if my disability can fade into the background of our friendship um, and just focus on what we do, that's when it's a true friendship. Well, that is so good. And, you know, we're running out of time. <laughs> but, you know, I was just thinking of one last question for you. For people who are less familiar with disability, maybe they haven't been around it and are feeling timid about um, engaging with people with disabilities, what kind of advice would you have for someone who's sort of green thumb? If it's in your heart, go for it. If you're meeting someone at church or at, at school or in your workplace that you're feeling drawn to, it might be the Holy Spirit drawing you to them. Totally. Listen to it. It's follow awesome. it and... Don't be ashamed or shy. Just ask and Mm. introduce yourself and find out a little bit about them as a person. What do they like? Um, Invite them to lunch. Like we said before in a previous podcast, if you want to get to know me, invite me to lunch. It's a great way. And so I think just engaging with that person as you would anyone else, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Just approach them, say hello, and 
and go from there. Beautiful. Beautiful advice, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me again. Thanks for having me back. Oh, I'm just so grateful for you. <laughs> me too. You're a blessing in my life. Regardless of ability or disability, people are people. And while barriers like staircases and narrow doorways may keep someone with a physical disability from entering into a space, there are other barriers that can keep someone with a disability from genuine, deep friendships. Because people with disabilities are in the minority, communities are often built for and by typically abled people. So how can we take steps to tear down walls that isolate people with disabilities from community? Visit johnnyandfriends.org slash podcast for a free ebook from the Johnny and Friends Irresistible Church series titled Doing Life Together. You'll gain practical tools to build community for individuals and families affected by disability, community that extends beyond the walls of the church and into everyday life. And as always, feel free to send us your questions and comments. If you're a leader that wants to see your church grow in inclusiveness, a person with a disability who wants to share their experience, or someone who loves someone with a disability, I'd love to hear from you. Next week, we'll be celebrating a special month at Johnny and Friends, Wheelchair Collection Month. I'm sitting down with a member of our Wheels for the World team to hear about the amazing opportunities and impact that a wheelchair can make in someone's life. People with limited mobility are often excluded from life in their communities. A wheelchair lifts a child from the dirt into a seat of opportunity. And a wheelchair doesn't just change their life, but the lives of everyone around them. So I hope you'll be part of that conversation. I'm Crystal Keating, inviting you back next week here on the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast.